I'm Cameron McDonald, uh, the adjunct fellow at the Empire Center for Public Policy. And in this uh, segment of Messages of Necessity, we're talking to Ken Gerardin, Projects Director at the Empire Center, about uh, New York State budget issues. Uh, Ken, I do believe that the New York State budget season is going to be on us before we know it in January. And I think we have been warned that uh, come January, uh, at minimum, we could be facing a state budget gap of about $9 billion, correct? Correct. Probably closer to $10 billion. Well, how did we get here? Uh, it's interesting. There really is a perfect storm of of trouble. It starts with the fact that beginning in 2021, uh, the legislature and the governor really took their their feet off the brake with state spending, so to speak. After Governor Cuomo had been holding state spending by by most measures to close to the rate of inflation uh, between 2011 and 2020. It really started to take off. State spending by by one measurement is up 27% since the last budget before the pandemic. So you really had a lot of state programs uh, grow very, very quickly uh, during COVID. And this is just the funding on the state side. It doesn't include federal aid or anything like that. So you had spending taking off and growing at this really unprecedented rate. At the same time, you had the state making overly optimistic assumptions about where tax revenues were going to come in in future years. We had this really once-in-a-lifetime event with capital gains in 2021, and that flooded state coffers in 2022. And the assumption was that that was going to more or less repeat itself in a a similar form in 2022. Uh, It didn't. Uh, Capital gains fell uh, by roughly half between 2021 and 2022. And as a result, the the state had to make some pretty big downward revisions with its tax forecasts. That was the the impetus for the state putting out its revised forecast uh, in June that gave us this, this budget gap on the horizon. One other problem was that the budget that was approved in May was not balanced. It spent roughly $2 billion more than it took in. So it created this baseline where all future budgets were going to be at least $2 billion short. So it was one thing for the state to be making uh, projections uh, in June, especially revenue projections, but um, it's not been a secret. It's been in the news that since mid-summer, um, the, the stock market has basically lost all of its earning uh, increases to date in this calendar year. Uh, If there's one thing I've learned about being around the Empire Center and had drilled into my head is that the top 1% of earners in New York provide a lion's share of the tax revenue. And that top 1% happens to be uh, fairly highly concentrated in the financial markets. Do you have a sense of where revenue is going to be going in light of the sort of flat year at this point uh, in the stock market? You're hitting on the continual danger New York faces in being so reliant on high earners. 
who are not only heavily tethered to Wall Street performance, but also extremely mobile and have the ability to move out of state. And we've been seeing, uh, we've, we've definitely been seeing faster out-migration of high earners uh, than we did before the pandemic. And some of this was undoubtedly prompted by the legislature's decision in 2021 to uh, hike the state's highest uh, income tax rates. And you have this, so you have the combination of folks who have volatile incomes to begin with, you're over-reliant on them. And there's continually, um, you know, there, there's this continual pull from states without income taxes that are competing with us for those same earners. And they are decreasingly geographically tethered to, to Wall Street physically or to, to New York. I'm going to take, get, pose another question uh, that's plucked from the headlines, which uh, um is at the front of most people's minds has been the news regarding the migrant crisis and the money that's been spent on all the mar- migrants, um, mostly uh, landing in New York City. Uh, if I recall correctly, this fiscal year's state budget allocated to the governor, the legislature allocated to the governor approximately a billion dollars to spend however she saw fit on the migrant issue. But uh, uh, am I not correct that the estimates of the potential uh, financial impact of the migrant crisis is much higher than that in the billions? The current budget allocated about $2 billion for the migrant crisis in this current fiscal year and a billion dollars next year. The governor has indicated that the state's costs next year could be about $4.5 billion on top of all of that. That is not factored into the budget gap uh, calculations to date. So even with just looking at continuing existing programs and letting them grow at the pace that the legislature had planned to let them grow. That is what's driving the budget gap right now. Handling the migrant crisis is going to add another layer of complication. So we're looking at some numbers we've never seen before in the billions of dollars in budget gaps. Um, But of course, it's as a percentage of the overall budget, um, it may not be as significant as others. Uh, how does it stack up compared to other budget gaps New York's seen in the recent past? Right now, at the $10 billion point, we're looking at the toughest budget gap anyone has faced since Gover- Governor Patterson. He faced a slightly larger one as a percentage of the budget when uh, he was presiding over the of the budget amid the depths of the Great Recession, uh, where, again, really volatile Wall Street tax revenue had fallen off a cliff, and it left New York with a combination of dropping tax receipts and continually increasing state costs. Uh, this is going to be the toughest budget since then. So Governor Hochul is going to be dealing with a tougher situation than Governor Cuomo ever did. So on the topic of steadily increasing state costs, where has uh, most of the spending been rising in New York recently? The place where spending has been running away really the fastest has been on the state's Medicaid program. That it That's its health insurance program for the poor and the disabled, uh, which now covers more than 7 million New Yorkers, um, and school aid which has always been one of the bigger costs in the state budget, but has exploded by more than 20% uh, in the past four years, even as enrollment in the public schools has declined significantly. Together, Medicaid and school aid are taking up more than half of every dollar that the state of New York collects. So 
I guess I'm, sometimes when we talk about these numbers, these budget gap numbers and the billions of, of dollars of budget gap, it's hard to know how's it going to affect me living in my middle class suburban enclave here on day to day, what happens with addressing this budget gap. It's going to be tough. Governor Hochul is almost certainly going to be under pressure either to hike taxes immediately, and those tax hikes could take a lot of different forms, or to dip into the state's rainy day fund. Both of those are bad bad options. The more tax, uh, taxes get hiked at this point, you have a danger of more erosion of our tax base with more folks leaving the state permanently for, uh, for lower tax locales like even Connecticut. Someone can go from Manhattan to Greenwich and basically cut their tax bill in half in some cases. Um, you don't want to be eroding the tax base. Separately, so the, don't want um, to be, well, separately, you don't want to be invading the rainy day fund because the rainy day fund is there for, for if we have a major economic downturn so that you don't have to slash services suddenly. The worst case scenario would be to uh, to dip into the rainy day fund, have insufficient money there, and then be in a situation where we're having to make radical, really uncalculated cuts to keep from going insolvent 18 months or 24 months into a recession. So you're identifying some temptations and pitfalls and some uh, potential traps along the way as... Uh, Governor Hochul prepares to present her executive budget proposal in January. What advice would you, what what priority would you give to your advice to her in uh, making that proposal then? Well, she's already done the first thing she needs to do, and that is telling all her state agencies to keep spending flat year over year and start looking for efficiencies. If every state agency is able to keep their spending at the current year levels, that that shaves about a billion dollars off the budget gap. But more importantly, it buys the governor credibility to go to the special interest groups that have been responsible for this runaway spending, and to say that they need to uh, that they need to tighten their belts too. Um, just bringing these spending levels in Medicaid and healthcare, or I'm sorry, in Medicaid and school aid back to their fiscal 2019 levels, uh, more or less addresses all of the budget gap. So um, it's uh, the beginning of October. In January, the governor will be presenting her budget. Are there some um, mileposts or things to be look for us to be looking for between now and then the, for the listeners to be paying attention to, uh, to kind of have a sense of where things are going and where they may end up in January? The state will be releasing their mid-year financial plan update at the end of October. That's going to give us a revised estimate of the budget gap, and we'll be able to see where tax receipts have been coming in the past three months. Has it been at forecast? Has it been above forecast? We'll be able to see how much money agencies are spending to give us a better idea of what their needs are going to be to operate in the next fiscal year, if they are indeed able to keep stuff flat. Uh, one thing for listeners, just to clarify, Cam was saying $9 billion is the budget gap, and he's correct. That is the official estimate. Um, I've been saying $10 billion because there were about a billion dollars in labor costs that are out there that are going to hit the state's books, but they're kind of being treated in a separate category. So so, so Cam is right. Cam's not, uh, Cam's not misinforming you on this. The official gap is nine. I, I expect that in the next financial plan update, we're going to see it jump to 10. And that's just going to be because of the, the change in how those numbers are counted. Well, it's, uh, 
I guess it's something for us to be looking forward to between now and then <laughs> um, in some strange way. But until then, this has uh, been Cam McDonald and Ken Gerardin for the Empire Center for Public Policy for Messages of Necessity. Please uh, find us wherever you uh, uh, review us, wherever you subscribe to your podcasts and, and pass us along to your friends and get them to subscribe also. For more news and analysis, visit our website and sign up for email updates at empirecenter.org. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Empire Center.